Hi everybody, you are listening to the Rope Podcast with Fox and Maya. Thanks for supporting the show. This is a show with adult content, so if you're not of legal age where you live, turn off now. This podcast is about rope bondage. Rope bondage is edge play with inherent risk, and we strongly recommend you get proper training and listen to our episode zero on safety and consent in rope before attempting it. Find it at the top of our FedLife page, Rope Podcast. Fox is a rigger, and Maya, that's me, is the bottom. We're rope partners who've been uh, tying together for about five years. We live in Bangkok and love to share our passion for rope with the wider community. Today's episode is sponsored by Friction Live. Friction Live offers a variety of kink classes, mostly centered around rope and things you can do to complement your rope. And you can follow along with it from anywhere, anywhere you have an internet connection. And you can attend the class live or view it recorded at your convenience. Check them out on frictionlive.ca. Today, Maya, we are going to talk about the 30 rope questions. And that is something you created, isn't it? It is. So tell us a bit what that is. Um, so there was a time um, a while ago, I was looking around uh, FetLife and someone um, had 30 questions about sex. Um Ooh. Yeah, which I think we may have talked about. Okay. Um, and I decided to talk to you about the idea of doing one for rope bondage, 30 questions about rope bondage. So instead of being questions about sex, it would be questions specific to rope bondage. Exactly. All right. And I remember we spent a holiday musing about that and thinking what the questions should be while lying on the beach. We did. We that did. Drinking nice. our sodas, eating our mango and our ice cream. It was very nice. All right. So in the end, what is this 30 rope questions challenge? It's an opportunity and a fun way to look at how uh, real people, and I put that in inverted commas because, um, I mean, on one level, everyone's a real person, but to see how a wider variety, a more diverse collection of people do rope. Um, on FetLife, we very much are photo-driven mm-hmm. um, and rope can be very photogenic, but also a scene can be amazing and not at all photogenic. So this is an opportunity for us to um, explore rope in a different way, for us, uh, you and me, to connect with our audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, um, it's kind of a fun way for people who have participated to communicate rope preferences to friends and potential partners. Oh, yeah, because you can link on your FetLife profile to your answers and then people who might be interested in playing with you read through that and give them information about you. Yeah, it's like another um, insight into your work personality. Okay. So, Maya, you are trained in statistics and all that jazz. <laughs> would you say that this is a highly scientific survey that we're not. going to publish in Life magazine? Neither as a market researcher or a psychologist would I say that this is... Uh, a scientific study or um, a robust survey. This is an exploration in a qualitative way uh, and a fun way to hear about how people do rope. So it's a bit more anecdotal. It's not about pretending this is the absolute and final truth, but it's kind of fun to see what people said, right? Exactly. We are not and do not want people writing in to say this doesn't represent the whole rope community. You probably shouldn't quote us in your PhD. Exactly, exactly. This is for fun and interesting to see Okay, in this you know reasonable size sample, what um, do people say about their rope? Mm, okay, and we're going to talk today about what people said in aggregate, like exactly. averages and percentages. We're not going to 
discuss any individual person's choices apart from maybe yours and mine yeah uh, because we felt that answering a questionnaire on the internet did not constitute consent to be <laughs> like named or singled exactly. out. Exactly. This is an radio. anonymous discussion apart from Fox and Maya. But if you do want to have a look at the responses of people um, who did answer it and tag the podcast, so we, we're not um, uh, collecting the responses of anyone that didn't note uh, us on their answers, mm-hmm. um, then you can have a look under the rope challenge, which I'm obviously going to link to in the notes, uh, and you can see what people wrote. Okay, that's really fun. And I did enjoy going through a lot of the answers and seeing the different personalities and the different quirks and the different approaches to rope. That was super interesting. Yeah, so the diversity. Everyone to do that. The diversity yeah. is really wonderful. It's really heartwarming. Uh, there are a lot of questions, about 30 of them, in fact. 30 so <laughs> we're probably going to need two episodes to get through all of them. Let's do the first half today, Maya. All right. So what's the first question? Okay, hit us with it. What was your first rope experience? See, here already I thought that was super interesting because one third of people had their first rope experience at a workshop or educational event. Okay. So rather public setting where you have people around. If something goes wrong, you probably have one or more teachers you can call upon. And they've chosen to go. And they've chosen to go for some reason. Something piqued their interest and they were like, okay, I'm going to go to a Enough to go to a workshop. Yeah, for their very first experience. To contrast that, one third of people, so the same amount, had their very first rope bondage experience when they were introduced to it by a private partner. And that's a very different situation, isn't it? Like the amount of trust you need to have in someone to let them tie you up in private for the very first time is tremendous. It is. I wonder how much um, all of those people who got tied in private had the opportunity to access education. Because that's the downside, isn't it? Like yep. The risk you, level is through the roof, but the excitement no must be high as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting um, how that works. What what about what was for you your first um, experience? My first experience was indeed at a workshop, and so it's more controlled as an environment, and probably the risk level is much lower. But I can see why some people would prefer to have their first time in private. Uh, they feel less shy, and so on. If they intend to mix sexy times with rope, it's probably mm. easier to do in private. Yeah. Probably not super welcome at the beginning of the workshop, <laughs> in fact. <laughs> Who's got the time? All right. So um, already that difference, I thought, was super interesting. All right. Uh, the next one's more of a multiple choice, which mm-hmm. is hemp, jute, nylon, other. Okay. So speaking of what type of rope you use to tie or be tied with. Yeah. I wasn't surprised to hear that half of the participants use jute as their main fiber. That would be in alignment with my expectations that jute is currently the most popular. Uh, What did surprise me is that hemp was about 20%, but nylon was actually also about 20%. So I think nylon has been becoming more and more popular. And that's really interesting. What do you think about that, Maya? Yeah, I think that's probably true. And I think um, we don't have access to 
the same things as other people in out here in Thailand. And so maybe we don't see the same types of rope that people are using. So here, jute is very common. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a handful of us got hemp. And do we know other people with nylon? So we just... No, I think we're recently. the only people that we know of in Thailand that use we nylon think. for bondage. So it's, it's an exposure thing as well. Like I wonder if in... I, I've certainly seen a lot of very colorful uh, photos on Fair Life mm-hmm. with rope, and I guess that's mostly nylon, right? Yeah, yeah, I would, I would think so. But I was definitely surprised to see that there was as many nylon as hemp. I would have expected more hemp. Yeah, yeah. So that's for me. a that's a bias right there because we love hemp. And that's why this exercise is super interesting. Like it challenges our assumptions and our biases. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about the next question, Maya? Uh, the next one is weirdest rope experience. All right. So this one was definitely a mixed bag and some people had some good weird experiences to talk about and some people had some challenging weird mm. difficult experiences to talk about. But in every case, there were some really good, interesting stories in there. So that's one where it's worth delving into the individual answers for sure. About 30% of the stories were about the context, like the bondage happening in an unusual place or something funny or silly happening in the scene or the scene being built around a bit of a silly concept. And for me, that really highlighted how much creativity you can have with rope. Like You can use rope in very serious uh, dummy-dummy ways or you can use rope uh, to do, yeah, kind of silly things. Like make a human piñata of someone and hit them with a stick. Is okay. One example that comes to mind. Uh, then about 20% of the weird time stories had to do with an unexpected interpersonal interaction between the players. So something happening between the people that you didn't expect. And I think that's a good reminder that rope is an activity that you do with people. Mm. And people come in all kinds of vibrant colors and varieties and kinds and... And cannot be predicted. They definitely cannot. And they're going to be full of surprises, good and bad. And lastly, sadly, about 10% of the stories were about getting a bad vibe or having a trigger activated during the... So it was, of course, a bit more difficult to read the challenging situations those people had to face. But I think it's important to share those as well. And it's another reminder of how important it is to communicate both before and during and have your safety measures in place, such as having a friend around you can call upon, having a safety call, uh, silent alarms and all of that in case things go wrong. Mm. So that's one worth reading through for people. I think Uh, so. Question three. So what about question four? That is, what is your favorite tie? What were you expecting here? Uh, I was expecting, honestly, a lot more TKs. Me too. <laughs> so what were the results? Uh, there was a lot of variety in the answers for starters, which I think is great. Mm. I think the fact that everyone enjoys different aspects of rope is amazing. And there were actually three different types of ties tied. Well, that's difficult to say. Mm-hmm. Top three tied ties. Three ties tied for top three. Top three. Types of tie, yeah, but they're tied for the top types of tie that are tied for top three. Got 
Talk about a tongue twister. So indeed, the TK is in there, but also Semenawatai's, in particular, um, Ebbies, Trapados, and Guatemalans, which I clumped together for the purpose of this discussion <laughs> okay. under Semenawatai's. Okay. Uh, also 15% same as TK's. And to my surprise, because that's probably not the area of rope we do the most of, but definitely is popular with a lot of people, decorative ties. So rope that doesn't do very much for restraining the body, not really bondage as much, but that is very pretty. Mm, More artistic. More artistic. And that was as popular as TK's turns out. That's fascinating. It's really interesting. I think it's endless discovering how much variety there is to the rope community. And everyone finds something different that they're looking for in their rope. And we have to be really careful not to project our own preferences on the people around us and Mm -hmm. assume they like what we do. And then a bit lower, around 10%, we had the Hoktai and the Futomomo. Mm. And people reported loving those mostly for the sensations they provide. Okay. So what do you think as a rope bottom of how it feels to be in a Futo or a Hoktai? Uh, hog ties I find harder because of my neck, but futos I like a lot. Mm. All right. So moving on, what was the next question? Well, the next one was one we were quite interested in, uh, right. which was designed to be sexual versus non-sexual rope. Okay, that is a big discussion in the rope community, isn't it? Mm. Uh, and there, there is a fairly widespread because 40% say they like both. Mm-hmm but not necessarily with the same people or in the same context. Yeah, I would be one of those people, I would say. And then 40% strongly prefer non-sexual and 20% strongly prefer sexual. Okay. So there is definitely a bit of everything. And that's why I think it's so important to be inclusive when we talk about rope bondage. Because it can be really easy if you're coming from the liking sexual rope angle to be snobbish towards people who don't like sex with their rope or accuse them of trying to take your sexuality away from you, which I'm not sure they're actually doing. And on the other hand, if you are someone who prefers rope without the sex, it's not great if you shame people who do like sex with rope. So the message we'd like to give (laughs) as much as possible on the Rope Podcast is We want everyone to enjoy the rope they want Mm. uh, without making anyone feel bad about what they like. And it's super okay to want one or the other or one on one day and the other on the other day. And this seems to be, um, from what we've observed, quite a divisive uh, area of rope. So it's definitely one to reflect on the fact that there's actually people who like both of them um, and that that's okay. Mm. And I think as podcast hosts, it's important to us to try to serve both of those audiences, people yeah. who are more interested in erotic topics and people who prefer rope bondage for other reasons. All right. The next one I thought was really fun. Can you tell us what it is? So this was about your favorite suspension orientation. All right. So this one had actually a big favorite uh, with about a quarter of the votes. Can you guess what it is? Well, I did pick this. Yeah. So I I can't say I'm surprised. Yeah. And it was inversions. Indeed, inversions are a big favorite. So about a a quarter of the people prefer inversions. And then we have three orientations that are about equal, which are face up, face down and side suspensions. And then 
vertical, so when your head is pointing up, is by far the least popular. <laughs> and Maya, how do you feel about vertical I suspension? I am not keen. I find them exhausting and painful and I'm not very good at sustaining them. So uh, they would be the bottom of my list also. So congratulations, Maya. You are very representative re- of the average robot bottom yeah. in terms of Unusually, I suspension that. orientation. But remember, well, okay, so that's actually a good point. We're asking both riggers and bottoms. Mm-hmm. So this is not just bottoms answering this question, but also riggers, like in terms of what they want to tie so it's interesting that vertical is the least popular in that sense too it is although i will say many riggers uh, answered that they didn't have a strong preference whereas almost every person who primarily identifies as a bottom gave a very strong preference okay that's really interesting all right what's the next one so question seven uh was what's your favorite kink to mix with rope hmm uh, the most popular kink was impact play, okay. which wasn't a huge surprise, but I was slightly surprised that it was actually more popular than the next one, which is wax and sensation play. Yeah, wax and sensation play are definitely one of the um, visible ones in performances, mm-hmm. as we yeah. talked about yeah. before. Um, but it's <laughs> really messy and a bugger to clean up. It is. Interestingly, about 7% of people named pressure point play ah, as their favorite thing to okay. do with rope. And if you're interested into that, we have a really good interview with uh, Wooden Tiger, who is someone who is quite good at pressure points and teaches them and so on. So you might want to check that out. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Hey guys, this is Fox coming in for a short break. Listeners like you make this podcast possible. We want to continue making this podcast for you for a long time. And to do that, we need your support. Please go to ropepodcast.com to buy rope video lessons from experts so we get a small commission on your purchase at no extra cost to you. In addition, a really great way to help us is donating on Patreon. A one-time amount or a monthly pledge that can be as little as the cost of your morning coffee makes a big difference to us. And you will gain cool perks like behind-the-scenes photos and the ability to vote on future podcast topics. Go support us on ropepodcast.com because you love rope too. Okay, what else, Maya? So we're on question eight, which was indoors or outdoor rope? That was interesting also because about 40% have a strong preference for indoors. And 25% have a strong preference for outdoors, with obviously everyone else being somewhere in the middle. And the reasons that were named were mostly that, well, outdoors, you can't control the climate. So if you you live in Alaska a lot of the year, you're not going to want to do most of your rope outdoors, probably. Uh, The availability of good locations near where you live, the privacy... Issues with cleanliness, getting your rope dirty, insects being around and so on. Insects! Yeah. So you can have a listen to our episode 83 about beach rope for some discussion of those uh, various topics. Yeah. And we're going to have, this is something that we are interested in and enjoy. So there'll be more episodes coming up on various aspects of outside rope. Yeah. And definitely, although there were a bit fewer people who prefer outdoors rope, they expressed a very strong love of like feeling the wind on your skin and being in nature Mm. and things I can absolutely relate to. 
Mm. All right, so number nine. This was a bit of a surprise to us, wasn't it? It was. It was a landslide. A landslide. So the question was, do you like paying with your rope? In fact, eighty percent of respondents are very enthusiastic <laughs> about paying in rope, which was honestly a surprise. I would have thought it would be much closer to the middle. Uh, great news if you're a sadist, I guess. <laughs> if you're a sadistic top, well, you're going to find. A lot of uh, fun with that. Well, also realistically, paying with rope is, especially if you do any kind of suspension, it's hard to avoid. Yeah, I mean, if you do a decorative tie, maybe, but but um, there were very few people who said there is pain in rope. They don't like it, but they take it anyway. Like a lot of people were very enthusiastic. But a point I want to stress is, eighty percent is not everyone. No, and so. If you go into the scene assuming the person being tied will enjoy pain without asking them first, you have a twenty percent chance of fucking up really badly. <laughs> yeah, we're back to our always negotiate. Absolutely. Talking of which, mm-hmm. number ten I put in for fun, uh, which was a very specific type of tie. So yeah. crotch rope, yes or no? So crotch rope being generally rope that goes over the genitals, right? Yes. Any um, type of genitals that you have. Yeah, yeah, could be outy bits, inny bits, anything in between. 60% of people say yes to crotch rope, Maya, <laughs> which is like a bit above the, the, the half of them. Yeah. Only 25% say a strong no, but it is a very strong no. So another area where you shouldn't be doing that without asking first. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah, and then there were quite a few... It's complicated. So what do you think that meant for people? Like, why did, Why is it complicated? Uh, I think crotch ropes can be really fun, but they can be hard to recover from. And you've mentioned <laughs> in the past, like being yeah, okay. unable to have sex for a week after an yeah. intense crotch rope. Yeah. I think if you're the owner and operator of a clitoris, it's really easy to have super intense sensation from Indeed. Crotch rope. and it Maybe might feel intense. nice at the time but um then you're out of action for a while uh, and then if you're a penis wielder uh and you have testicles i can't even imagine what it must feel like having those trapped in rope i know some people dig it and i'm not shaming them at all but i would not want that personally. i know i know but also the same thing like it might put you out of action for a while all right what's next number 11 which is what do you like to wear for rope So this one was really interesting because it was so widespread between three different categories. 30% of people prefer to tie and be tied naked. Mm, Okay. And that sounds really nice. (laughs) Uh, On the opposite end of that spectrum, 30% prefer everyday clothes. So fully dressed with dresses and trousers and denim and all of that. And that is their preference, which is just as valid. And then about 25% of people prefer to be tied or tie while wearing underwear only. Mm, Like a halfway house. Yeah, yeah. Everything pretty much cut down into thirds. Uh, Very interesting to see that variety. And listeners can refer to our episode 43, Dress to Rope, if they want more ideas of fun things to wear while doing rope. Exactly. We explore a whole load of ideas there. All right, almost there for today, Maya. Tell us about number 12. So 12 was scariest moment in rope. So obviously a bit of a darker one, that one. Yeah, yeah. But I felt like it was really important for us to put in um, the kind of questions that represented what can happen in rope. 
I think so, because I don't think it would be very genuine to only put forward the fun and nice aspects of rope and try to erase the fact that rope is super dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And there's also an opportunity for people to be heard, to be seen. Hmm. So unsurprisingly, about half the scary stories had to do with injuries. Mm, Not a surprise. Yeah, mostly nerve injuries, Mm. which are the most common type, it would seem, from all the data we've seen. Um, Another 20% were stories that involve the bottom fainting or having breathing issues. Oh, interesting. And those tend to be much less common than nerve injuries, but I would consider them much more critical, potentially, because, well, that's something you can die from if you can't breathe, right? Yeah, absolutely. So... Nerve injuries, very problematic, quite common, but issues with breathing, rarer. But if they happen, they are serious, serious business. Uh, And then one of the more painful things to read that was about 5% of the scary moments were consent related. Mm -hmm. So Honestly, um, I would have thought it might be more. All right. So number 13 was a frequency question. How often do you do rope? So that one was very interesting to me because there is a big majority answer and it seems to be around once a week. Uh, Almost half the respondents do rope almost exactly once a week. So it seems like, you know, you've got (laughs) Maybe they go to a class or a rope jam. Yeah, yeah. They can have a regular local event or just a discipline they put in place for themselves, create a habit of practicing your TK every Sunday morning or something (laughs) like that. Uh, so yeah, once a week is by far the most common frequency. Uh, then 20% are twice or more per week. And 12% are actually less than once a month. And so when we talk about rope, it's important to remember that not everyone has equal access to it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't have a very active local community, if you don't have fixed rope partners, you might not get to do as much rope as you want. And conversely, maybe you're interested in rope, but you don't want to do a ton of it. And that's also something useful to remember. Maybe you like to watch rope performances, but you don't like doing rope yourself. Or maybe that's something you only enjoy occasionally. Yeah. And that's super okay. So what about number 14, Maya? So number 14 uh, is essentially who's your rope crush? So who would you most like to be tied or tied by? Hmm. So this one was really funny. There was a bit of a high school moment there where many people were saying, I don't dare to say. Exactly. Uh, It reminded me of when um, in uh, secondary school, high school, you have Valentine's Day cards. Yeah. And you sign your name, like you leave it and you're too frightened to say. Secret crush. Yeah. Nobody wanted, like there were a lot of people who didn't want to name drop the yeah. person that they were interested in, that just was in case. very, very cute. Mm-hmm. A lot of people answered that their favorite people to tie with was their partner or their spouse. So that was very sweet, of course. Uh, and then a few people like worked up the courage to name drop a bit <laughs> and say which rope celebs they would love to be tied with. And Maya, you said Tifreth or Lathnor. And my answer <laughs> to that is, why not both at the same time? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I have rope crushes on both of them just from seeing their performances. And oh, they're both incredible. Yeah. You want to tie with them. I want to be them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um, yeah, so that would that would be indeed quite a scene. 
All right, so Maya, that was the first half of the 30 ropes questions. I think that was super fun. Uh, and it's really nice to see so much variety in the preferences and the intent. I love right? it. Um, one thing that I think it really shows for us is that if you make assumptions or uh, project what you like onto other people, you're going to get in trouble. Yeah, assumptions will fuck you up. <laughs> um, and also, we absolutely love connecting with our community like this. Every time someone fills one of these in, we love it. We read them. Um, we really enjoy them. Yeah, and it's definitely not too late to do the questionnaire if you haven't done one yet. And we will also read that and link it into the appropriate thread. Yeah, we'll put it on the thread. So that's all from us today at The Rope Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and come friend us on our FetLife page and our Instagram, both Rope Podcast. If you have a question related to Rope, we'd love to answer it in one of our future episodes. Drop us a message on FetLife or Instagram. If you like this podcast and would enjoy more episodes, find all the ways to support us on our website, ropepodcast.com. In particular, please consider supporting us directly on our Patreon page. Thanks for listening. And have fun tying. <laughs>